Another thing in, in all of these that bubbled up too was color palette. Yeah. A lot of red, a lot of yellow. Yeah. Those, those colors that, that really stand out and draw attention, typically. But when, when everyone is yelling in red and yellow, is it effective to, to right. yell in red and yellow? This is Inside Front Cover, the nine-episode podcast chronicling the design process behind the cover of my new book about starting design museum everywhere. I'm your host, Sam Aquilano. I'm an entrepreneur and business designer, and that was Paul Rice, co-founder and creative director of Proportion Design. Paul and co-founder Blake Goodwin and their team are working on the book cover design. They're going through their creative process, and they've been nice enough to let me record everything and share it with you. We're continuing through the process. Last week was Discovery, where Blake and Paul really interviewed me about my entrepreneurial journey and about this book I'm writing. And that first step of the design process, that conversation formed the foundation for the work going forward. This week, we're getting into some visuals, not of the actual cover for my book. It's still too early for the team to start creating cover concepts. We're looking at some other book covers out there, especially the ones that are playing sort of in the same space or the same market as my forthcoming book, which you'll hear about. This phase is what Proportion calls market comps, as in comparables, and it's looking at the competition. Let's have Blake explain again what they're working towards in this phase of the process. These types of things for competition, as we try to be like, all right, who do we feel? And this is another question we would ask you know, our partners. Who do you feel is doing it the best and why? And what aspects of their branding um, or their products or anything are they doing well? Um, it's really all about setting the bar pretty high so we can then even try to jump over that and, and set it even higher with our work. One thing overall with the entire process is really to get you know, our partners at the table talking and thinking about, about the project in, in certain structured ways, um, you know, sort of our structure. That, um, that's kind of the, the, the biggest underlying thing. It's really getting folks comfortable with with some of these discussions around brand and around the elements of of the com of these companies brands and you know again getting them to speak to what they feel is successful and not successful um and then also we're also bringing to the table what we feel is successful and not successful with our what we're showing so today we're digging into the competition thanks to some great research and pre-work by the team Let's head back to Proportion Design's office for our next conversation with Blake and Paul. Hey, hey. how you doing? Good, let's go. Welcome back. Good to be back. Hi. The first you? thing they do Hello. as I arrive and get settled is yeah. staple a nice Staples. big stack of paper together right, yeah. with their presentation on it. And we'll get to that in a second. The team has put together a slideshow presentation with various existing book cover designs and they're categorized in various ways. Now, I love audio, but I know you can't see these books. So I'll do my best to describe them and I'll post Proportions slides on insidefrontcover.com so you can yeah, take a look. We are just sitting here one day a week and going through <laughs> this stuff, but 
a lot of our process happens yeah. after the deck is sent and, and mm-hmm. there's time to sit with things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in, like, when you guys are putting this deck together in these examples, how are you deciding what to even show someone like me? There's the element of taking cues from those business books yeah. and, and finding a balance of what what books out there might have some of those those tropes that, that we're seeing in the business books, but doing it differently in a in a different um, market, mm-hmm. in a different style of book, and also things that we feel could bring a unique perspective to mm-hmm. the the business book community. Yeah, yeah, we're also pulling out books that we think are really push the yeah. bounds mm-hmm. to show one end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Not just like your everyday, you know, boring generic cover. <laughs> exactly. And and something to, to spark conversation of, of where we might be able to push maybe not that far, but but there's an opportunity to, to start heading in yeah. these certain directions. Because we don't want to do something that that totally separates yeah. you from the business book community because then People will be like, say, what? <laughs> is this a novel? Yeah, yeah. Is, oh. is, is this fiction? Um, because if oh, you, it's real. Yeah, oh, it's, <laughs> oh, it's real, real. Another interesting thing about book cover design is that a lot of it relates to the name of the book. Some of it relates to the content in the book, but a lot of the visuals relate to the name. Yeah, yeah. So when do you guys need the title? <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's, different ways to, to go about that. And, and it's a spectrum of how much it relates the, to the title, how much it relates to the content, how much the title is more of a grabbing yeah. title than... Right. Than, yeah, does the title drive the cover design? Does the visuals of the cover drive the title? Does the story drive the title? They, sh- they, should, they should all yeah, they drive should. each other. The story should ultimately drive Holy Trinity all theory. of it. Yeah. This first slide here has what we're considering to be books that are direct competition. So they're about some combination of design or entrepreneurship or even more specifically about launching a creative startup. So we have Don't Buy This Book, Entrepreneurship for Creative People, Business Model Generation, Creative Truth, Start and Build a Profitable Design Business. Man, that seems very relevant to what we're talking about here. And step one, the surprisingly simple process to research, validate, and choose the perfect online business idea. And these covers, it's a good slide to start with because they have a mix of bold text and different fonts and some even have some like illustrative iconography. We touched on this last time, but the direct competition, the the entrepreneurship for creative people sort of books. Mm -hmm. A lot of similarities to these. I love the don't buy this book like that could be the title for any book because what they're really just trying to get your attention right <laughs> and then yeah business model generation is kind of like the classic classic entrepreneur. i have that book yeah. and then we sort of bucket the design choices that are going on here and uh, there's a lot of that in this, in this space okay then we zoom out a bit to what paul calls the adjacent competition books that are filling a similar space in the market as mine. And I got to say, seeing them all together on this slide, it's easy to see the similarities in cover designs across these nine Just books. Just looking at sort of broader 
adjacent competition in the design thinking realm the uh, and, and starting design businesses. Again, some, some similar design choices across these with the iconography and, and lines. And, yeah, these are, this is the path. Right? You either have a, a web to untangle. Yes. You have a light bulb that needs to go off. Mm-hmm. You have some arrows that need to point somewhere. Path you gotta travel. And typically forward. <laughs> forward, probably, or up. <laughs> or something has exploded. Yeah. Well, when it comes to the book cover, though, our publishers trying to fit into a box that they know does decently or and i it depends on the publisher yeah and oftentimes you find this with our clients um well not our clients but clients for design (laughs) companies where they see what's out there and are trying to to mimic it in a way because they know that's a successful book in the space how can we be successful like them? Well, let's just then do they, a similar sort of cover. They come to you guys and they're like, just do that. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> but a lot different. Right. But different. Next, there's sort of a two by two grid that Paul and Blake have mapped the competing books on. This was really so cool to see. Four quadrants. We've got an X and Y axis here. And the Y being illustrative versus typographic the X being busy versus clean. And there's sort of a, a clean diagonal of, of this co- the competition um, that goes from top left, where it's it's busy and illustrative, down to clean and type, uh, typographical. So potentially should some opportunity in illustrative and clean, yeah. or busy and typographic? <laughs> Probably not. but. One thing that's not really in this space, which was interesting, was photographic. Yeah, yeah no photographs. Nothing photographic. Yeah. Or in, in this direct space, but uh, there are a few in the, the entrepreneurial yeah, yeah. business space, which we'll, we'll see. And, and there's a very specific type of photographic. In, in, right in, in people's face. face. <laughs> face. Well, that's what you, know, you guys mentioned last time of like... The, there we the, go. Personal account, right? right. Or the, the um, biographical, autobiographical. That's yeah. That's here. Now we're getting into specific groupings of styles within the world of creative business books, starting with biographical and founding, then classic textbook, bold typography, and then the aptly named category: sketches, lines, yes. icons, and arrows. Yes. So in this slide, we've got some comparables um, in the, the biographical, autobiographical founding mm-hmm. space where it's either about the, the founder or the, the business. And you either have the, the founder's face or the business's logo. Yeah, I don't know if our design museum logo, as much as I love it, is like known enough to be, you know, right on the cover. Well, we've already talked a little bit, too, about the level of cues associated with Design Museum directly. Um, And then we look at, we've sort of bucketed some of these business books into different categories. This one being the sort of general business book, um, the the sort of classic textbooky feel to it. Crossing the chasm. Exactly, where where you have those you know classic business books, seven the seven habits of highly effective people. <laughs> yeah, where there's a lot of text on the cover. You got badges that say you know 
Maybe let's pop a couple more bad We have an award. Uh, legibility is a concern across many of these. Yes. <laughs> and then the Malcolm Gladwell books. Yeah. The serif typography. Yeah. Very clean, understated. Yeah. And, and you know, these have a, a place. They they definitely have a feeling to them that, that say, you know, this is established. This is sort of, we've been around for a while and haven't changed the design of our cover. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can trust us. It, it, it sort of has this educational textbooky feel to it. Mm-hmm. Crossing the chasm is interesting, not both from like a title, but also just like that illustration. So that definitely speaks to me. Just <laughs> like, how do you right. go from having this like, I don't even call it an idea, it's like a whisper in your mind that like there's something that you could do that would make impact, have value. How do you get from there to where we are with Design Museum. It seems like there's an interesting thing bubbling up around that building the bridge or yeah. going from zero to, to more than one. <laughs> zero to <laughs> zero. This classic. This, uh, this upward and forward trajectory, which is why you often see a lot of arrows and paths. Yeah. Because yeah. like I talked about, I also have like sort of like the, the three easy steps. Really, it's 11 steps. A lot of bold typography out there. Like the don't buy this book. Yeah. Start with why. The one thing. Shaped like a one. A lot of lot of sans serif, big and bold typography. They also have a lot of the bold title and then the subtitle that you just cannot read. Like right. you're really gonna strain yourself to read that. Which is also interesting. Is is that necessary these days to be able to read that if it's the icon next to right. description. the description on Amazon yeah, right. where it says, don't buy this book, colon, entrepreneurship for creative people. Yeah, yeah. And the icon, you can just read, don't buy this book. Oh boy. And yeah, then yeah. we get to sketches, lines, icons, and arrows, yeah. Yeah. which there is a lot of the founder's dilemma, mm-hmm. the startup playbook, mapping innovation, design thinking for training and development, all very similar pathways and icons and then even more icons and arrows i mean this is the uh, like the business model generation and like design thinking for business growth they're like let's just throw all the icons that we can think of at this because why choose there is an element of that though because there is a lot involved in these stories a lot of easy approach. Um, yeah. yeah. Low hanging fruit. A lot of low hanging yeah. fruit. A lot of easy design decisions mm-hmm. that are pretty surface level. One of the clever standouts from Sketches, Lines, Icons, and Arrows is Angela Duckworth's book, Grit. If you can visualize it, there are hundreds of arrows pointing left, but this white space sort of forms and fits the title. And that white space is in the shape of a big white arrow pointing right, sort of pushing against the tide, which takes grit. Cool. Makes the arrow. Well, that that one, you know, you've got the arrow pushing through the arrows, Mm -hmm. all the arrows pushing back on on grit. Yeah, that's cool. So there there are interesting ways to to push through (laughs) the noise and create something a little different. Yeah, that's probably the smartest one on there. To take familiar things and rethink them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. Taking cues. There's also some 
visual standouts. Yeah, I love the rework is great. Rework is a great book. And rework has photography. Yeah, imagine yeah. that. Founder's cool. Yeah, that's a fun cover. And you brought in startups, pivots, and pop-ups. Yeah. Just to show how you can use design to create depth, mm-hmm. which which creates interest. And, and you know, it's not just a, a flat cover. Yeah, it, it sort of draws you in mm-hmm. with the shading. Nice interesting cropping there on the happiness advantage. Has some of those familiar things, the arrow going up, but then it's part of something more abstract. Yeah. It's some dual meaning. Yeah. Smile. Definitely bold primary colors. Yeah. Across the board. It's funny, you talked about um, sophistication and unique or cleverness. You're seeing some nice examples of that on yes, this definitely. visual standouts. Like there's some obvious design sophistication to found there. Yeah. There's sophistication with this happiness advantage, but there's obviously also cleverness to it. Yeah. And like Paul was saying, cleverness in the depth of layering of design on startups and pop-ups. I like the depth a lot. There's something about just thinking about what we've done at the museum. You know, I mentioned that brick wall idea. Even though we, you know, when we went to be nomadic, we lost, you know, we took that imagery away, but we still did a lot. I'm going to truly describe it, but like, to make things feel physical, even though obviously they weren't, you know? So making digital things feel like artifacts that you can almost like grab off the screen. So I think there's always been this element of like, how do you make the um, digital physical and the physical digital? Like we were blending those two in pretty much everything we did and carrying to the now of like our exhibitions are physical, but there's also an online version. The photographer, like me on the cover, like, I don't know if my ego is big enough, but like, you know, you guys maybe can help push me if that's indeed the... So there's a lot of you, the discussion of the competitive advantage here being that first... Right, yes. Yeah, yeah. First-hand account of everything. From that, obviously, the easy thing is to do a photo. Yeah, yeah. Else, where can we further that? Mm-hmm. You know, again, like, where the... Arrow is being clever on the happiness advantage. Yeah, yeah. Taking an expected thing for this category and doing something different with it. Like you said, the design museum isn't at the the level of Starbucks or, right. or McDonald's, and you're not at the level of Steve Jobs or, or Bezos yet. No, correct. Yeah, totally. Not until the book is out, and right. then we can change the cover design. So here's where we start pulling just a broad segment of covers okay. and book covers. And we printed out the sheets for you to, to mark up. And, oh, cool. Uh, and okay. Now I have kind of a workbook in front of me filled with all kinds of book covers for broad inspiration. And I get to circle the ones that speak to so me as we go through the like presentation. What, what you think is successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's tough where you don't necessarily know what the book is about, but sure. just getting into a little bit more of the, you know, the aesthetics of it, the, mm-hmm. the visuals of, of it and, and what is resonating with you. This is one reason why we as an agency try to stay pretty broad. Yeah. Uh, so the types of things that we work on, 
Because yeah, yeah. you ever know where you can pull a little bit of inspiration that's commonly found in one industry versus another. Yeah, totally. So first we have a, a set of illustrative covers, broad types of illustration, some digital, some some hand done, mm-hmm. some busy, some pretty minimal. Yeah, I'd say I really like the one on the top left, the, the dice, the die, and the tie. I have no idea what that book's about, <laughs> but I am like intrigued. Pretty much all of these are really, even though the illustration styles vary, they're all kind of going for that curiosity, intrigue yeah, aspect. Yeah. Something about that nectarine one is cool. I mean, I definitely don't want to go too down the, whatever the trope of like the creative process. Right. And that's definitely not, but that's kind of like pulling me in. That's something interesting about like all those ones that had like a path that was like two-dimensional versus like a road that you're like going down. And then maybe that's not what they're going for. It's making me think that like I'm going into. Yeah, the way the colors yeah, is right. being used, it's it's pulling you, it, it creates depth and and the the weight of of those lines. Mm-hmm. It gets busier and heavier towards the middle. Yeah, yeah. You have to create depth. The other ones, you know, are so um, they're more they're beautiful, but they don't maybe to, too on the illustrative side for me for what this is. A bit busier. Yeah. But for like you know, fiction book. Some more graphic. Yeah, yeah. Nice. These are cool. Some very busy graphics, um, a bit more minimal. Yeah, but, I think the uh what the calling for a calling for Charlie Barnes and my mess of my mess is a bit of a life. Like this this physical Maybe this also speaks to me as someone who's like into objects. This is exactly the kind of conversation uh, designers like so Blake and Paul right. are hoping There's to get going with a client with a okay, presentation like this. Book, you know, basically looking at that. inspirational but images like, so the and then having the client like, share, you know, me share what I like, what I don't like, what resonates with me or what doesn't, uh, what connects to the main theme of the book and so on. You know, for them, this conversation is absolute gold because it brings them even deeper into my thoughts, into my brain, and into my thinking about this book. And it starts then to tie it to actual graphical or visual elements that they can use in their concepts. That middle one, the three novels, like pretty flat. She still has a little bit of depth. Sometimes it's fun to get depth through graphic forms and differentiation of color. You brought up something interesting about the the book being an artifact and something, you know, it's going to be something intimate that you hold. And there's a tough tension between trying to sell it online potentially yeah. and where it is a flat graphic, right? How it relates to you, you've got this very intimate um, object that you touch and hold, and that gets designed in one way, yeah. yet you design for this icon. As well, and oh, and then there's ebooks, right? Where you, you know, you know, the cover on the Kindle is also black and white. Also, the aspect ratio. But yeah, these are cool. I definitely like the physicality. There's something like there's this question like tickling my brain of like, how do you make an entrepreneurial journey something you can actually hold? Like, right. what does that look like? Because that's what we did with the museum. Like, how do you take a museum that does not exist? And convince people through graphics, text, that 
And it does exist. It does indeed exist. It's interesting that you're gravitating to physical objects as well, because the museum is not. I know. Yeah, Jurassic Park. Looking at some minimalism here. Yeah. Jurassic Park, a classic, classic cover. cover. I've read that book so many times. This is a fun perspective. Yeah. Breakfast is sort of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Where the words are creating sort of a sun shape. Yep. Rays. Mm -hmm. um, also, you get the circle, sort of the breakfast plate. Yeah, these are cool. I think they're maybe too minimal, though. They're like. Yeah, and, you know, some of them are clever, some of them are just minimal. Right, right. That, right. There it is. Like Jurassic Park is just minimal. Yeah. We've got typographic, interesting ways to present typography, mm -hmm. where it's not just that bold sans serif typography, but the, the type is doing something a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the end of everything. It's like that. <clears throat> that cover tells a story itself, you know, just an image. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, the text is just text. Those are actually like little physical little text chiclets <laughs> that are falling into nothing. It'd be interesting to talk about the, the girlhood cover. Yeah. Where it's transitioning the girlhood mm -hmm. type into the author's yeah. name. That's really interesting. Um, which is, is creating a connection between the book and, and the author. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I've even talked, I mean, to me, more, you know, so, so than my face, <laughs> um, my name being part of, right, talking about what we talked about before, like elevating me as a thought leader in the right, creative entrepreneurship space, very important to me, you know, personally and professionally. So how does that play in? Same thing with Dead Souls, the, the name. Yeah. Of the author and the name of the book are at the same yeah. hierarchy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, these are interesting. These are that that yeah. shot cover is interesting, where it's yeah. it's bringing, like we were talking about the the physicality of of the book. Yeah. And and you're uh, matching that with the the digital mm -hmm. typography. Yeah, there's something about that. I don't know what they're going for, but it's just making also making me think of just like. Talk about the path, the journey, there's a straight line. But when I talk to people, and like when Derek and I talk about it, we talk about it as an adventure, right? Like, not we were just walking, not, not walking this like very straight path that was like a white line with a gradient on it. We were like, yeah, fighting off something over here, yeah, over there. you know, dodge roll into this, you know, sweating, bleeding. Um, well, it's funny, the shop also has like this. Right view into that's what I'm uh, saying. There's landscape like, that is you know, not perfect. I'm going on this journey, adventure through this dark land. There's something about that, but yeah, venture, adventure, you know, um, create adventures. That sounds like another important yeah. decision point. Yeah, totally. Oh, nice. I love the end of food. That's awesome. Got some photographic. Photograph and physical. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Very stunning photography, some minimal and, and uh, space These are down. cool because, you know, particularly like the Black Girl Call Home and, you know, to a degree, the Copenhagen trilogy. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I don't think that's the author. I don't know. But it's like, it's not the author, but it's like human. And it's real, and it makes me think about that first-hand account, like, 
it's interesting. You talk about how the book is about community and it, it wasn't just you that started it. It's all these people involved, yet you're trying to elevate yourself as a thought leader. Tension. There's, there's, there's <laughs> this tension here. Yeah. But yeah, you can imagine like what just... Here you can tell we're all getting excited. You know, we're looking at these other covers and as creative people, we just can't help but start thinking about concepts for the project we're working on. That's really the power of this kind of inspirational imagery. Photography, but also the art of, you know, the little uh, like uh, clips in her hair is really neat. The shoes, that combo definitely... uh, (laughs) resonates with me. Um, the end of food is interesting how they incorporate the the name yeah. in into the photograph. Yeah. Super cool. Next page is just etc. I love it. I love a good etc. Yeah. But these are, these are of everything. Yeah, I would say these are They're all cool things. Yeah. See I really like these. These are really cool. The Liar's Dictionary, pretty interesting Yeah, cool. use of illustration and photography yeah. and depth yeah. and creativity. Mm-hmm. All of these have a bit of that going on, don't they? Yeah. Like, I like the King Richard one. It's got, like, a page torn off. And there's, you know, the the atmospherians that talk about making the digital physical. Like, that's Instagram, right? Yeah, but then you're going to be holding a physical Instagram. Like that kind of stuff makes me so happy. I think this idea of depth and, and yeah. using elements in a different way that, that are unexpected. I mean, I love that you guys showed like the business books and then just showed these because I could see using photography in some of these interesting ways, yeah. like totally separating it from the pack. But still, you know, being bold and doing the things that they're doing, but like fitting, that would be a unique. Yeah. And then that helps maybe with like, again, the first person account. Good content there that you like. You can see where it's kind of a step-by-step process. Oh, yeah. Making sure that we're connecting back Mm -hmm. constantly things that we've talked about and decided. Blake and Paul aren't the first designers to create a book cover, clearly. If they were, maybe the process would be different. Maybe we'd be looking at other visual or print media for inspiration, like posters, t-shirts, or ads. But of course, there are millions of books already out there. So it makes sense to study what's working, particularly within the type of book I'm writing, but also to get inspired by the breadth of creativity out there. And we all get to talk about it and react to it together as a team. And that's the process. The process isn't just making deliverables like keynote decks or concept designs. The process is talking about it, debating, building off each other's ideas as we discuss the possibilities. At the end of the day, the presentation Paul and Blake showed was about catalyzing that conversation between me as the client and them as the design team. You know, similarly to last week, we created a shared understanding of where we want to go together. With Discovery last week, that shared understanding was more around the content of the book, right? The story. You know, but this week, the shared understanding was formed around visuals, design choices, elements, and you know what inspired or resonated with us from these existing book cover designs. And this all gets swirled together so that the designers at Proportion have a foundation from which to build on as they design my cover. They chose some great books to stimulate this conversation. I'll be sure to post their choices on InsideFrontCover.com so you can all take a look 
And next week, I'm heading back to the Proportion office to talk about target audience. We'll dig deep into who this book is for and what folks will hope to get from it. So more grist for the mill as we figure out what this book actually looks like. Inside Front Cover is written and produced by me, Sam Aquilano. Our theme music is Creative Week by Immersive Music. Thanks for listening.